0: Give me a uh, dongle's up if you're ready to go. Yeah, we're All wrong. right, dong, don, dongle's up. Dongle's up.
1: <laughs> Not put my dongle on camera. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Everything sucks. Just kidding. Everything is great. No, really. I haven't thought about my ex today. Oh, wait.
0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another Bad Weather Podcast, the one and only podcast dedicated to men's mental health and women's mental health. We always say that every single time too cuz all of our listeners are w- women now. John, I think
1: <laughs> I've transitioned to all of our listeners are women. Wow, we've made some. that's that's quite a transition. Uh yep. yeah. I'm going to I'm going to leave that sit right where you left it. Uh this is the sound <laughs> of my voice. I'm Jonathan Miller. <laughs> Thanks for having and me. And I'm JP Hurley. Thanks <laughs> you guys for joining us uh another phenomenal
0: show here again. Uh again, I think this might be the 36th 37th show we recorded i'm pretty pretty sure i've said the word phenomenal with every single episode uh this one ever have one that's not
1: right we're in real trouble if we ever have one that's just subpar i don't know what we're gonna are you gonna say before we
0: i was gonna ask you would we we got a really subpar
3: show coming for
0: you (laughs) like most of our listeners just skip it like ah we won't listen to this one it's not good good. yeah Exactly. Well, guess what? The reason it's so phenomenal is we got some uh, special guests once again. I feel I feel like our episodes are best when we have guests, and I didn't intend to rhyme that, but I did. <laughs> um, we have the, the ladies from The Other Woman um, on with us to talk about infidelity this week, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, joining us, Chelsea. Chelsea, what's going on?
2: What's up? What's up? I think you got the name of the podcast wrong, though. The Other Woman and the Wife.
0: You got to scroll the down The other on woman that. and the wife. I abbreviated it automatically, didn't I? Yes, yes. Truncated? Yeah. The other woman and the wife. Chelsea, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to talk with you about some infidelitous things.
2: Infidelitous. Is that a word you just created?
0: Uh, I'm going to ask. Jo- Jonathan is our resident um, linguist, so I'm going to ask him if he knows if that's a word or not.
1: John, y- yay or nay? It is not a word.
3: Dang incorrect it's... that is totally a word oh, yeah hey, there we go <laughs> oh.
1: whose, whose voice is that JP
0: that was Sarah joining us also from uh, the other woman and the wife Chelsea I got that right that time didn't I mm,
2: you did Sarah you what's right going on Sarah
3: time, right? you're the other woman I'm your wife it's fine <laughs>
2: you're
0: like, do you guys you're represent good. each of you represent one share of that title is that what's going on here
2: no the title okay. came <laughs> to be because I have played both roles to the same person. So when I was, you know, kind of noodling on what I was going to call this little creative endeavor, I was like, Ooh, what about a healing conversation between both sides? And then I started thinking like, wow, I actually have the perspective of both the other woman and the wife, not necessarily the betrayed wife, but I have experienced betrayal in different forms.
1: Holy cow. That's a great, way to get into your story, Chelsea, if you want to kind of break it down for what, what it is you're doing on this, on this podcast of yours and how you came to it.
2: Yeah, I I decided to spend some time reflecting on my own choices uh, about 10 years ago when I found myself inside of an affair with a colleague whom I exited my marriage with and proceeded into a marriage with him. And my biggest fear was that I would do it again. So I had to really understand why I made that choice. And then I had some like stellar moment where I was like, why is nobody talking about this with people? Like, where do people go when they've made the choices that I've made? And how do they learn from them? And I just remember. After D Day, looking on Google and everything that existed was reconcile the relationship. Even though innately I knew that was not what I wanted to do. So once I realized that there was a resource missing from the market, I did what you know I do best: fill a need. So <laughs> I decided to uh, you know really take it next level and open up a more collective conversation around why infidelity exists and what we can learn from it.
1: That's really cool. Yeah. That's kind of what we did with this show too. We just, we had a hard time finding anybody who was just open and vulnerable in the male space talking about divorce and relationships and separation and everything else. A lot of it was like, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, go do some push ups and work it out or whatever. And we just didn't really hear anything that sounded like the things we wanted to hurt here. So that's why we got into this.
0: And we did a whole bunch of pushups and it just wasn't on its own. Yeah, it wasn't helping. Fucking
1: shoulders killing <laughs> me. <laughs> it's like you're Uh, getting a divorce do a bunch of (laughs) (laughs) push-ups we might have had chelsea freeze up on us so uh since the recording is still active sarah why don't you give us a breakdown of uh of what you're up to and we had a so for the listener we had a pre production call earlier in the week and uh you guys kind of described yourselves as the opposite opposite sides of uh the same coin or uh like a little bit of opposing forces or something tell us about that
3: yeah, it's funny. Uh, Chelsea and I started working together recently. Um, and while she comes from a completely different background than I do, I think that the combination of us is, is working out really well. Um, I've spent many years of my life in uh, what we'll call non-traditional relationships. Um, one of my partners and I were in an open relationship for four of the six years we were together. Uh, another one of my partners was married, but his wife knew. And so when it comes down to it, um, I think that, you know, when uh, relationships that involve like what we think of as, you know, infidelity, they're really not any different from the kinds of relationships that I've had in terms of what happens in them, except for the different, or like, except for the piece where we're talking about it, you yeah. know? <laughs> right? Um,
1: the uh, I think they call that consent. In the, in the yes, business.
3: exactly. Yeah. There was a there's a um, there's a conversation happening, and so, you know, effectively, I know what it is to be the other woman, and I know what it feels like to, you know, feel like I'm waiting around. I know what it feels like to be, you know, feeling like I'm the second most important thing. But I also know what it's like in that primary position too. And it's it's an interesting conversation, and I was really eager to join it because I realized that these women are just people nobody's nobody's a terrible villain here it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of like being in an unexpected or unplanned relationship I think most of the time and it's it's about navigating through those relationships and figuring out like you can't just stay stagnant forever so like how are you going to move forward and helping people through that
1: that's an interesting angle to kind of come, come to it from, um, what, what would you describe just open relationship? Is that the term you would use for, for most of your experience?
3: Uh, I wouldn't say most of it, but for, I'll, 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 we'll say half, I mean, okay. I've also been in long-term committed monogamous relationships, et cetera, but, uh, I'm in one now, but, okay. um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I've seen all sides of the coin. I, I hate the word polyamory. <laughs> I was going nice to ask. Word. Yeah. Okay. I hate that word, but I mean, if the shoe fits fine, but it's like, I've always used the umbrella term non-monogamy.
1: Yeah. Well, shoot. We lost Chelsea again. I was just going to bring her back into the fold here. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Well, <clears throat>
3: she's, she's slacking me right now. Well, well
0: while we're, <laughs> while we're kind of just riffing a little bit here, Sarah, I do want to ask you this uh, on air too. So that way it puts the pressure on you and it kind of forces you to say yes. Uh, but would you be willing to come back for another episode for us to maybe talk a little bit about that as a topic? Because uh, yeah. it'd be really cool to kind of like dig into that really deeply and talk about like what that looks like and how to make it work and
3: well, stuff like what's that. in it for me? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to. We'll
0: all buy some uh, t-shirts from some rock bands and we'll wear them together.
3: Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah sounds like a deal. <laughs> but you've got to buy me a t-shirt too.
0: <laughs> Deal. Yeah, we'll send we'll send out a t-shirt. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I'm happy to I'm happy to talk all about it. I'm a pretty open book. Um uh one of my partners, former partners and I are actually um in pre-production phases of doing a show for the other woman and the wife, um, about our relationship together and stuff so it's very much like a topic that's fresh of mind and yeah i'm happy to talk about it whenever you that's
0: great well you'll have to let us be we'll have to let us promote it for you at least when you kick that off we'll tell people where to find it and stuff like that speaking of which chelsea is back so for both of you guys would you please uh at the top of the show here and we'll do it once again at the bottom of the show before we wrap up but would you guys please let us let our listeners know where they can find you
2: Okay. So they can find us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and I basically have a TikTok that kind of spearheaded this whole thing. It kind of actually demonstrated the collective interest in having the conversation. So there's an ongoing conversation on TikTok, and there is resources available on our website, theotherwomanandthewife.com.
1: fantastic. Um, Chelsea, while you were uh, on a quick brief break there. We were talking with Sarah a little bit about how she comes to your podcast and she was talking about um, having been in in open relationships and how the nature of those relationships, at least what's happening in those relationships, isn't terribly different from like an infidelity, infidelitous situation, as we just <laughs> discovered is actually a word. Um, I wonder about that frame for you? I mean, other than what I said was other than, you know, some consent going on, of course, but like from, from that standpoint, do, how do you, do you feel like, uh, talking about it from that frame or looking at it with that lens has given you some insight into, uh, your past and, uh, people that get into these situations?
2: Yeah. Whenever I think about ethical non-monogamy, right. The thing that isn't present is fear or deceit. So if you think about infidelity, there's a reason why it exists, and I think it's ultimately the fear of vocalizing your own wants and needs, and also the fear of disappointing people that you love. So you're kind of in a place where you do not say the things that you need to say, and if you're the only one with access to your thoughts and feelings, then it is your responsibility to give voice to those thoughts and feelings. So whenever I think about ethical non-monogamy, I'm like, oh, this is how we actually get rid of fear is by communicating Mm -hmm. with one another and making each other feel safe in those conversations, which comes down to emotional regulation and an understanding of self, which is totally achievable.
1: Yeah, in a, in not only in an ethical non-monogamy situation, but ideally in a monogamous situation as well, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of when, when you talk about infidelity happening and the reasons for it, oftentimes, uh, I would I would say almost 100% of the time, it, uh, there's just not communication happening. People aren't either aware of their needs, they're not voicing their needs. Those things aren't heard on the other side. There's a horrible death spiral going on between the two people who can't hear or speak the things they need. Tell me a little bit about as you, in our in our kind of pre-production call earlier in the week, we were talking about this. Talk to me about um, kind of what did you, uh, did you learn anything, I guess, about kind of what the causes for why you, you may have wanted to step out of your relationship and were those things top of mind while it was happening or are these things you came around to later on? That's like yeah, seven I think
2: questions.
1: That... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the king of seven questions. Answer all these questions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think that when you are assessing somebody's choices you really have to take into consideration the circumstance that they are in yeah and I grew up in a pretty dogmatic uh belief system and what I have come to find is that the only thing to be dogmatic about is not being dogmatic <laughs> and I think that when I was you know 22 years old and getting married I had a lot of hopes and dreams for myself but I didn't know what those required nor I Did I understand whether they were actually innate to me or if they were just things that I was adopting and making my own? Um, So I had spent some time really trying to discern what it is to be human instead of what it meant to be happy. Uh, I really started to understand that peace and happiness was a individual pursuit and it didn't depend on relationships that I held. Um, it It did require me understanding the world that I lived in and why we as a society condition children to think and believe a certain way. And it all comes down to wanting to protect the child, I think. But if you don't have the information necessary to make the best decisions for your children, then I think you're just living the life that everybody else wants you to live.
1: Yeah, you're kind of talking about knowing yourself versus grafting some societal thing on to the top of what you think is supposed to be right or whatever. Um, you've been doing a lot. I mean, obviously you've been doing a podcast. You have a lot of social content. I think you you probably speak with people on a regular basis about this topic. Can you tell us some of the common patterns? I mean, obviously every situation is different and everything's unique, but what are some of the co- common things you see people dealing with either um, if they're thinking about leaving their relationship or they're thinking about stepping out or they have already? Like, What are the common themes that kind of lead to that or the things that they're 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 dealing with, um, that are more broad that we can talk about?
2: I think that some of the commonalities that I find among my clients and my community members is that they are really ashamed. They're really ashamed to feel what they feel. And I think that shame silences you in a way, because you start to believe that you are bad for feeling the way that you feel. And uh, I'd also just like to note that all thoughts and feelings are valid that doesn't necessarily mean that they're true and really taking the time to discern the truth of your thoughts and feelings is where the growth comes into play. Um, but the commonality is definitely guilt and shame. They're just absolutely covered in it and they don't know, how to communicate vulnerably because they take responsibility of other people's reactions and emotions. So if I am a wife who believes that I should not feel, I'll say, desired by somebody else, even though I do feel it, I think that's where the denial comes into play. So I think there's there's the uh, being honest with the reality of your situation and the lack of investment in connection inside of relationships. I think often we neglect our relationships because it's easy. It's so much easier to just kind of sit back and be like, well, we're married, so we're just going <laughs> to sit in it anyways. Yeah. Or this is the and, way it has to
1: be, because this is the way yeah, it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of really taking the time to Determine whether the relationship is done. Like we don't have to hold ourselves in these paper cages for longer than we actually need to.
1: What do you uh, What do you help? How do you help people kind of discern between what reality on reality's terms versus kind of their own um, their own whether they rub their own stink on something that maybe not actually happening or or maybe they're they're feeling um, they're feeling slighted or they're feeling unheard but maybe they haven't appropriately communicated the things that they think they're trying to say. How do you help people sort through that?
2: I start to listen to them. I start to listen to them and I challenge them in a way that I will challenge myself. So if a client comes to me and says, oh my gosh, this person has not texted me back. They don't love me. And they start to develop these plot lines inside of their head. That kind of creates a little bit of craziness and what so what thinking? I do is I say it again.
3: I said magical thinking.
2: There's a lot oh, of good. magical
3: thinking. I think that that, that would also be a big theme. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, sorry.
2: <laughs> that's okay. Um, so I think that when we neutralize the irrational, we are able to get to a place where we can assess the reality of the situation.
1: Also, sorry, JP, I've been kind of hoarding this thing. I'm sure you have questions.
0: No, that's uh, that's all we got for today. Thank you. No, just <laughs> just a, a bunch of Miller Miller questions. That's okay though. Um, Chelsea, at the top of the show, um, when we asked for some of your background, you talked about how you had a fear that this might happen again. That you might, um, you know, you said you you went through infidelity. Uh, you committed infidelity. You said, and then you wanted to go on a path of self discovery because you wanted to make sure that you wanted to understand more about it, but also like why or if you would do it again, what, what did you do? What were the actionable items that you kind of took, on that path of self-discovery? I'm really curious at like, um, how you landed at where you are, where, where you are today.
2: I started to intentionally consume content and understand the why of what I do. So I think for a really long time, I, I was in this place where I would only consume content that had the label Christianity on it. Everybody else I feared I had a bunch of stranger danger, I could Mm -hmm. not recognize my fellow human as fellow human, I could only classify them as trustworthy or untrustworthy. I was much more interested in developing my own judgments of people rather than coming up with ways that I can actually value and appreciate them for who they are in the moment. And that, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of religious deconstruction, to be honest, which was hard because that was kind of what I built my entire worldview on.
0: Very good answer. Um, This is kind of for both of you too. I want to keep going down the vein of this discussion here surrounding infidelity. In your, in your guys' opinion, is there a difference between female infidelity and male infidelity in a um, monogamous relationship? Like, do you, do you think there's a, a difference between the thought process and the action or why they do that. The motivation, um, all of that. We were just talking
3: about this yesterday. I think there is absolutely not a difference. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because (laughs) we are not monogamous creatures and that's going to ruffle some feathers, but like, we are not monogamous creatures. If we were monogamous creatures, we would not need a word. To describe monogamy right like we wouldn't know the word monogamy i think that it is a lot easier for infidelity to happen or even just uh non-monogamous tendencies i guess you know (laughs) because those are innate to our being versus monogamy which is something that has to be protected and worked very very hard on because if you I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you keep desire in your relationship Mm. when there's also monotony? You know, it's like, that is a much harder problem to solve than going out and sleeping with somebody else to have both of those things. And I don't think that that is necessarily a male or a female problem. I think that is a human problem personally.
0: Interesting. Yeah. It sounds like you got the title for your first book, monotony in monogamy.
3: I think you're going, <laughs> going
1: towards something <laughs> yeah. And what uh, do you do about it? Let me uh go back uh, uh down a different rabbit hole here. Um you, you would Sarah, would you say that you see the value in a monogamous relationship though?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think that I don't I can see value in any kind of a relationship as long as there's an open, honest dialogue that is yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's it's the value of any relationship whether it's romantic or otherwise it's only going to be it's only going to be solid and lasting if you take care of it it doesn't matter what you want to build what matters is that you have clear expectations about what that is and then you uphold those agreements or you renegotiate the terms as right. time goes on you know what i mean because people change feelings change needs change you
1: yeah know? for sure i think i think the hard part for people is to renegotiate the terms versus just going with the way they feel and not telling oh, yeah, the other person about it. Right, I get
3: first all the time. How do you even have that conversation? Yeah. Right. There's a lot, there's a lot that you're up against when you, when you, and that, that is exactly, I think what Chelsea was talking about. That is the fear that keeps people from talking about it <clears> because <throat> they're afraid of the rejection before they're ready or prepared for it or whatever. So it's easier just to take a back door and then try to hide it. But that's actually in reality, not any easier, nor does it feel yeah. like
0: Yep. This is we a really a... interesting conversation though, because I I feel like uh and I don't know this has anything to do with being male or female. Um, but I, I feel like I am a m- monogamous person. I I don't know that in my previous long-term relationships and my current one that I feel a desire to step outside I, I've never felt that desire to step outside my relationships. Um and I don't know that um I'm alone in that. Um so I wonder if maybe you know. The human nature is it, 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 like it's case by case, maybe oh, it's more. Gotta be. Yeah, but um, I I feel like I I feel like I'm I'm a monogamous person. So,
3: I feel like what we're learning uh, and especially and accepting about the human condition in the last decade, <laughs> especially, is mm-hmm. that everything is on a spectrum. Yeah. Right. And I think that there are people who who lean into monogamy as as a style of relationship that they prefer more and i think that there are people who absolutely feel confined by that and i don't mm-hmm. think that it's one or the other i think that there's a lot of in between and i think that as with most things labels are fucking stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> We uh, i think, I agree. I think oh, that ahead, labels
2: Chelsea. i think that labels are super necessary in being able to understand each other so I think it's really interesting. You know, we're talking about this label monogamy, right? And Esther Perel, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with her work at all. Oh, I'm in love with oh, Esther yeah, Perel, just, yeah. I just cited it, actually. Shout out to Esther Perel. Yeah. She, it. <laughs> has, she has this uh, line that she uses where she says, you know, monogamy used to be that it was one person for the rest of your life. And now humanity has transformed it into one person at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting for us to keep in mind whenever we do utilize these labels to help us understand each other is that they are not so finite. It's
3: true. I I agree. I've often often uh, said, in fact,
2: I think I said to you guys earlier
3: this week, my mother is an expert on monogamy. She's been married four times. (laughs) You know what I mean? Nobody knows (laughs) better than my mom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of listeners um, that, that have, uh, gone through infidelity from JP's side of it, um, you know, have uh, have endured that um, heartbreak. And I wonder about from their point of view, like, I, I think, Chelsea, you were talking about, you know, or maybe Sarah, relationships change. And, you know, obviously, like, there probably needs to be communicated before uh, that change happens, or at least uh, needs to be... Um, needs to be dealt with appropriately before you move on to the next thing, probably. But I think uh, from a a person's perspective who is in a relationship that maybe they know isn't great, or maybe they even think is great, and then turns out uh, it all falls apart. I wonder what to tell those people um, about their situation. Is it not about you? Is it it just uh, this was more about... This other person's thing and their inability to communicate with you and connect with you. Tell me about talk to me about that. Okay,
2: Chelsea, okay. Chelsea question. <laughs> so this is super interesting because JP, you had said that you don't have a desire to step outside of a relationship that you're in, which kind of leads me to a place where you assume that there is desire to betray somebody. And I don't think that is what causes infidelity at all. I think it's actually the lack of acknowledgement of your wants and needs. And then you are inside of a circumstance where those wants and needs can be met and you make a choice. And that choice is a reflection of that person making that choice, nothing to do with the other person that they are in the relationship with.
0: I can see that. This, this would be, this could be a fun, healthy debate. Uh, and, and I think it, by the way, um, John, thanks for setting this up too, because I think Chelsea and I both have, um, unique perspectives, um, being on kind of the other sides of things. Um, and I, and I think Chelsea, when you and Sarah reached out to us, I think this might've been the goal was to have like a dialogue, um, oh, with, you know, somebody from the other side of it.
2: absolutely.
0: Um, but, but I would say it, it I, looking back, um, and I, I've got journals stuff to look back on and, and things like that too. I I was I was also so I would describe my previous marriage as, as not the best. It wasn't like uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. It was um it had issues, had like what you would normally hear from other, you know, issues from other marriages. And I I I would admit that I had unmet needs also, and I, I felt unheard uh, a lot as well. But I, even though I, I had those unmet needs also inside of me, I never felt a need to step outside of the marriage in that way. I did mm-hmm. feel a need to communicate my unmet needs, um, and if they were continually being unmet, I, um, you know, I would have considered um, ending things um, mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but just like you've said in all of your social media content, I I wouldn't because of uh, kids and uh, duties. Um, mm-hmm. But I never did ever consider. Going outside of the marriage and looking for somebody else, I, I I thought that was an interesting self-discovery thing. I want to hear what you think about that.
2: I think it's so interesting that people have this misconception that infidelity is something that everybody goes looking for, when really I think that infidelity kind of struck me like lightning. It was, you know, the refusal to admit the. I'll say connection, the allowance of connection um that I had when I was, you know, a 24-year-old girl who was just coming into herself. And uh, so it's it's really interesting to me also a little bit of the self importance, right? Like yes, you did not make that choice. She did. Because she is an entirely different person than you. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think that what held me back from choosing to leave the relationship prior to infidelity is that sense of duty and obligation. I had to see this vow through. I made this vow and I am going to remain committed. I made promises when I was a little girl that I would never get divorced. <laughs> right. And breaking those promises to yourself is a really, yeah. really hard thing. It's and, a big deal. I even remember in, you know, marriage counseling prior to my first marriage, I was in a pastor's office or something. And he said, divorce is the ripping of flesh. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a really interesting way to talk about marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. like that, (laughs) you know, two people come together and then it's like the tearing of flesh. And I thought to myself, well, Should we talk about that really quick? Should we talk about like what leads people to get to a divorce? And the response I got was a very much divorce is not an option. And then I started to think, well, if divorce isn't an option, what is it?
1: Yeah, why are what so many is- people divorced? <laughs> yeah. Literally on the oh, table. 50%. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's an option. Yeah, you better go back yeah. to that guy and let him know I that keep- it's happening, man. I don't know if you've been out of this church for a while, but it's happening.
0: And it right has. There. It's I think it's, the other option
1: is physically tearing each other's flesh,
0: right? Instead of just yeah, as a oh as a the metaphor. violence,
2: the violence conversation as a, you know, juxtaposition to infidelity is really something that moved me to what moved this conversation i uh had watched i don't know if you guys had seen the american murderer next door or whatever and it was a it was a story about infidelity where a man had stepped outside of his marriage and he was so overcome with his desire to be with his affair partner that he came home one night and he murdered his family his entire Mm. family And my husband, Stan, he had. I I begged him to watch this because I fucking love this shit. I don't know why. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And at first, he was like, never, not in a million years. I'm not watching that. And then a couple of days before the initial TikTok video I did about this, he came to me and he was like, that was the most devastating conversation or devastating documentary I've ever watched. And I sat there and I was like, what if someone came up to that man and was like, Hey, you can totally have the life you want, but here's how you can go about it. And that kind of like set the whole thing into motion. And now that I'm doing it, you know, I'm getting this very intimate peek into the marriages that exist today. And there's so much, I'll say primal instincts that drive people to do horrendous things, horrendous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could, uh, can I pivot a little bit to people that are able to put it back together or maybe people that even reconcile it after the fact? Um, Because you, I think you're right. You can have the life you want, and I don't think that necessarily means you have to leave your relationship or step out of it to get that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody had sat down with this this poor guy and, uh, and had a talk with him about being mm-hmm. more clear about his needs, communicating them in a, in a way that they could be heard. And, you know, with the other person, obviously in the room too, or some at some point, um, but talk to me a little bit, because I think in our, uh, in our previous chat, you talked about having, um, met some people that, uh, were putting it back together after like 10 years, I think. And I'm, I'm curious, like what that took and, um, what you think about people who are considering stepping out, um, doing a little more reflecting and maybe finding that they could be, they could be okay in that relationship.
2: I think that reconciliation requires space. I think that when infidelity strikes a relationship and you have two, I'll say, authentically honest people who have chosen a path that doesn't necessarily align with them entirely, um, you need space. You need time and you need space in order to reflect on what it is you actually want out of life in general as an individual. So it almost becomes relationship irrelevant and you really start to dive into the relationship with yourself and figuring out what goals you even have in place. You know, I think that a lot of ways that we lead ourselves into dark places is by having improper goals. You know, JP, you had said it about your previous marriage or your previous marriage, right? Yes. I relate so much because I'm like, it's it's a marriage, right? It's like any other marriage. But what I felt about my past marriage was it was a proper marriage. I was setting myself up properly. I made sure to find somebody who had a solid upbringing that I did not have. I made sure to find somebody who was capable of doing things in life that I really wanted to do. And then when you get into life with somebody, right? So I did not sleep with my first husband before we got married. We did not live together before we got married. There was a lot of, I'll say, challenges in getting to know somebody without actually spending that type of time with them. And uh, reconciliation after infidelity, you, you have to have a want for it. And if you do not have that want, walk away. You know, like there's no need to force something that isn't working naturally. And I think that's where we get ourselves into a lot of trouble is when we start forcing ourselves to do things that we don't innately want to do. But
3: Chelsea, let me add to that also that like you, you chose, um, you chose a marriage based on what it looked like from the outside and how that might serve you on the inside. You didn't necessarily marry somebody for who they are, but like what they could do. Does that seem fair?
0: They were good on uh... paper.
3: Yeah, they no, were, they were good on paper. They made you look good to your religion and to your parents and to yourself. And you know what the I mean? Boxes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It it like brought you up a level in some way, right? I'm I I'm think... asking to understand because I was raised fucking feral. Okay. <laughs> so like, these, are, these are concepts and, and um objectives that some people in the world have that like have never been part of my uh my reasoning process about people. So I'm just, I'm trying to make sure that that sounds right.
2: No, I think that I genuinely loved my first husband at the time that I chose to marry him. I think that my ability to love was stunted by a belief system that I held. I was incredibly selfless and it was a lifestyle that leads you to a place of being completely empty and not truly knowing what motivates you to make decisions that are in your best interest. So I don't think it was I don't think it was a tie to image as much as it was lusting for a childhood that I did not have. He had a very sound family uh, unit. And I thought that you absolutely needed those things in order to have a whole life. And it wasn't until, you know, I got introduced to it that I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't what i thought it was and so that discomfort kind of leads you to a place where you start making choices to not feel that way anymore
1: yeah that's self reflection part where you're figuring out why it is you feel the way you feel or why you're making the decisions you make that's so hard to do when you're 24 22 whatever um and then you get yourself into a pattern where you just live right on the surface and even though maybe you start to know you start to feel the things and it's like I don't know where this is coming from, but this is how I feel, damn it. So, this is it. Like, you don't, yeah, which really, and
2: and it does, it gets you to a place where you have to understand what expectations you have of life and what expectations you have of yourself and what is required in order to meet those expectations.
1: Interesting.
3: Um, I... I think that there's a lot that happens, a lot, a lot of. Like, I think that we can all agree that there is there is a uh, phase of life if you haven't done certain work on yourself and learned yourself and understand yourself well, that it's probably not advisable to get married to somebody. Mm-hmm. Because if you cannot understand yourself, maintaining a relationship that you've committed to the, for the rest of your life is quite difficult if not impossible, right? I understand that there's there's something to be said for learning about yourself within a marriage or a relationship in general, but I think that there is um there are some really scary things (laughs) that can that can happen that I think lead to like divorce rates and all of these things, Mm -hmm. right? Is that is that fair? I don't think that it's necessarily age based. I think it's just self knowledge. Like I started Oh yeah. It's experience based. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah and yeah. so you know by the time i was 23 i started like i i was i was at a point in my life where um you know i could have that conversation with my partner of 2 years and be like hey so i've been thinking about something and you know i'm 23 years old and like i love you so much but i just don't ever want to be you know, 65 and looking back and talking to somebody and thinking, you know what I should have been doing in my (laughs) twenties and and feel like I like missed out on all of these opportunities because I was, I was holding myself bound to somebody in a way that was restrictive to my, to my growth and development and like lust for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that I guess part of it is that I just don't want to be ageist about it because I think that there are a lot of very like, you know, wise, sound, young people.
1: Oh, for sure. You know,
3: but, and I don't. Yeah. But like, it's, it's a matter of, I think that there's a lot of deconstruction of, of the beliefs that you are given by, um, other people and that you accept without really challenging them along the way.
1: Yeah. I think it, it, I, I don't mean to say that it's only age-based it's, it's maturity and experience-based to, yeah. you know, it takes a, it, it can take a lot to reflect on you, not only your own self impulses and feelings and desires and all of that, uh, but also to accept somebody else's feelings and desires and th- the things that they're seeing in you and either, uh, you know, uh, well, you have to accept them because that that's what they're seeing, but is it something you're, you're bringing to the table? You didn't know you were bringing to the table and have a true reflection on that. Um, it, it, and, you know, maturity to, to have to do that dance versus be, um, triggered by it or reactive to it or shut down from it. Um, and, you know, be able to learn through that relationship versus just put up a wall or, um, fire something back that's unkind or something like that. It's a, it's a maturity thing more than an age thing.
3: Right, but I would I would add to that also like how do you react with being bored with it? You know, like that's a whole, I, other, that's that's, a whole other goddamn podcast.
2: I fucking <laughs> want to say something about that. I don't believe boredom actually exists. I oh. believe that people can become boring, and there is such thing as boring people. Not necessarily a boredom like you don't encounter boredom you're either bored or you're doing something to get out of that
1: Hard cosine on that and I will say I've a phrase I've heard before about um, being interesting and I'll relate it to boredom as well if you want to be interesting be interested. Mm. It's mm-hmm. very simple if if you want people to think you're interesting be interested in what they have going on. If you don't want to be bored, don't be boring.
2: Which it's really very gets uh, you're so right, you're so right, Jonathan. Because I also think that it is the ability to manage your attention span and how invested you are inside of conversations when you're having them. Am I thinking uh, about yes. what I'm going to say next, or am I thinking about what this person is talking or what yeah. this person is saying?
1: Am I curious about what they're saying, and do I have yeah. thoughtful things to add or or peel back? Yeah, right. It, it it's all about it's all about that. And yeah, if you boy if you do find yourself being bored in a relationship that's a that's a time for a deep reflection right there and figure out well what am I, what am I bringing to the table here if yeah. you' if you're stuck in your job what do you what do you bring to the table there uh if you're I, if your relationship I, with your kids isn't great what do you bring to the table there you know there's a lot of things going on
3: I, I always an tell an my easy line to cross here into victim blaming <laughs> some people are just like incompatible oh. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. But boring. (laughs) I don't know that comes into it. Sorry, Chelsea, what were you going to say?
2: I was going to say that one of the things that I tell my kids is I say, are you complaining about the problem or are you solving the problem? Because I think that we can get stuck into this addiction of misery. I think where all we do all day is we project this negativity into our mind and into our existence and we're just perpetuating the existence of it rather than figuring out what we can do about it.
1: Yeah, that's great. I boy, I'll tie that back into into then sort of infidelity or or problematic relationships. What are you doing? What are you doing about it if you're miserable in this relationship? What is it you're truly doing about it? Are you mm-hmm. just blaming the other person for being whatever it is they are exactly probably who they are when you married them in the first place? Or No, or...
2: I hope not. Hey, come on. The only <laughs> constant is change. The only yeah, constant is change. And if you're I not agree. embracing it, then we are working against the way that the actual universe works.
1: Amen. I agree to that too. Um, Hurley got anything else, uh, you wanted to get out of these two ladies before we, yeah. On? Um, I have a a slew. I have a million
0: questions, uh, discussion points. It, it might have to be something. Cause I know we're getting a little bit late here, but it might have to be something we'll have to pick up on a, a different episode. And I, I, like, I really, I want to spend some time wrapping directly with Chelsea to talk about like the, dynamics of like her perspective versus mine. I don't know that we've oh. had a chance to really get into that with this episode. Sarah, you I and I just play mediator on this. I like this. Yeah. yeah maybe. Or but you there, and I can I have our own a...
3: conversation about nominology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at the okay. same time, it'll just sound like a disaster. Like we're all talking <laughs> <laughs> all at the exact same time. Um, but I'm not sure if we have time to get too deep into the weeds on this right now, but um really interested to like have some, you know, healthy discussions, debates, uh, we got to have Chelsea you specific. What to, he's saying is we, we got to have you back.
3: Do you see her? Gotta face have you back. Now She's like, bring it on. My sleeves <laughs> keep rolling up higher, dude. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. And I think this, this up. is uh, and this is something that I think can be, and will be mutually beneficial too, because I, I think I probably lack some perspective from Chelsea's um, side of the coin. And it's something that I, I'm interested in learning. And, and I think that's what drew me to your guys's um, platforms to begin with is because that what you guys are doing is not something that you see out there at all at all um there's very few people that are talking about that i think we had have you guys ever heard of rudy a rude advice he's a he's a tiktoker um well he he was the cheater in his marriage also and like he got tons of heat from it on his social media platforms but he turned it into such a positive thing like people are are asking him they're coming out in droves asking like you know what were you thinking when you did this? I want to understand more about like the dynamic and what caused it to go south. Um, what were the things that caused your marriage to unravel? Like there's a, a really, there's a lot to understand from both sides of the coin. And I kind of feel like Chelsea, I think you and I could probably deliver a lot of that. Um, and maybe yeah. just as like a, a teaser I for the next one. Go ahead.
2: What what you're saying, right, is how do we prevent something that we don't understand How it happens. And I think that that was really the alluring piece to me was, you know, I had done something that destroyed not only somebody else, but it destroyed me as well. And I remember going to my ex and saying, I cannot do the destruction to my soul that I've done once before. And I no longer trusted myself with the relationship with him. Right. So it really was a lot of ownership and a lot of understanding how people get to a place where the choice to deceive and the choice to I'll say act on that um is so alluring that you do it you Mm -hmm. know
0: yeah yeah. and I think I was that's what I was going to ask you too is because earlier when we were uh, beginning to chat about that you mentioned that Infidelity isn't something that you're just walking around the street looking for. You know, it's something that kind of like happened. It certainly and... is
2: for some yeah. people. Like as I'm getting to know, as I'm getting to know these stories, right? Like my experience is not the only experience. Everybody's experience on this planet is unique to them. And so, yes, there are people who seek to meet wants and needs outside of the marriage. And usually it comes down to money and kids being, I'll say the unseen barriers inside of your thought process. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of the times we are unaware of our own wants and needs and then Mm -hmm. we're put into a circumstance where gratifying those wants and needs happens. And this is kind of a silly metaphor, but whatever, I'm going to go with it. Um, (laughs) I was talking with, uh, my co-founder Kevin, and he was talking about how your wants and your needs start to supersede, uh, meeting your own ethos. And when that shift happens, and he actually he explained it to his girlfriend like this, basically, the way that people make the choice to cheat is because they are so deprived at some state that the desire to uphold their own value and belief system falls below their desire to actually have their wants and needs met in the moment that they are in. And really, mm-hmm. it's a radical, it's a radical experience of, Being in the present moment, I think, you know?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. And I think, uh, super interesting. I agree with you that, like, uh, again, it's, it's, uh, something that Sarah said previously, like, everything is on the spectrum now. Um, and I think that what you said about, like, sometimes people are not out looking for infidelity, but sometimes people are, like, you know, that there's, it's case by case. Um, but what you said, um, then for your specific circumstance struck a chord with me, because that's kind of what happened uh, with me in my marriage. Um, my ex after the fact admitted to me that, um, she wasn't, she didn't intend for this to happen. And, And I, and talking to you now is helping me understand more about my situation than I understood before, but She did at one point tell me she she didn't intend for this to happen. It just kind of like snowballed, basically, you know? And I
2: believe in the disclosure letter that I read aloud to my ex, the first line I said was, I would have never pinned myself for doing to you what I have done. But Mm. ultimately, it wasn't about what I was doing to him. It It wasn't about about him at all. Yeah. It was about what I was doing for myself. Yeah. Right. And then that really gets into, how many of the decisions we make are for us versus for others. And Mm -hmm. where is that balance? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, that's a
0: doubt. There's a delicate balance there. And, And I feel like that's such an important theme because, um, when you're talking about the act of infidelity specifically, does that occur actually when you've had an emotional connection with somebody else outside the marriage or a physical connection with somebody outside the marriage, or does it happen when you've made the choice? To kind of pursue something outside the marriage, like the, it's such a wide um, range of, I, uh, of yeah. So
2: I've thought about this a lot. I think that the I'll say the inception point of infidelity is when it is a relationship that exists and you cannot tell your spouse about it. That is the moment that the infidelity has occurred.
0: Yep, I agree.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, holy cow, we gotta um we gotta wrap up here. Um, <laughs> we've got a hard stop here for this episode, but uh, I, f- I feel like this this was beginning to escalate to a point where um we could maybe have some like really true sharing so we're going to have to do this again sometime so we're going we're so, going to book some totally. some time and maybe even have like a part 2 we'll just call it a part 2 and we'll let oh, we sarah could. and john uh, do their thing um at the same time it'll be fun they'll be the, you and i
1: will just get on a different podcast and we'll talk about <laughs> uh, i don't know band t-shirts and um... <laughs>
0: ethical I, I guess
3: I don't know I have there many, you go no, by by the way no I no bottom to the well of shit that I can banter about so
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. we'll have many different podcast episodes not, not even <laughs> pertaining to relationships or marriages or anything uh, um, by the way time, I do apologize Chelsea and
1: oh sorry I was just going to have them take some time and uh give out their their contact information once again
2: Oh, if if you want me, you will find me. I trust uh, you have the capability to find me if you actually want to. So I'm not going to do that. But I did want to say thank you to both of you, JP and Jonathan, for even responding to our initial contact. I, you know, I'm really putting myself out there and Sarah has been super helpful in trying and in informing me on how I can get my message to the people that I intended to so I appreciate your support and your understanding and your compassion as it relates to the topic
1: yeah thanks for Thank you. coming thanks so on much for and Hopefully we can come on your show, uh, not to put my foot in the door, but I would love to be, uh, that was the
2: initial contact,
3: you know, I (laughs) reached out (laughs) to you
2: because we wanted to be on your foot. No, no, no. We
3: We had no idea. (laughs) I was actually
2: actually flattered that you guys were like, okay, so we'll record on Friday. And I was like, all right, we're recording on Friday then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're pretty freewheeling when somebody's like, uh, interested in anything we have to do. We're like, ah, record it and, uh, put them on the screen and let's see what happens. (laughs) Perfect. Exactly. Well, um, just for the listeners out there, for all the Kims and
0: Jims, check out the show notes. You'll be able to find uh, where to find Chelsea and Sarah on their social media platforms and elsewhere. You can find the Bad Weather on social medias at Bad Weather Pod. That's uh, X, um, Instagram, and TikTok. Not super active, but maybe we'll become more active. Um, Also, make sure you check out our website, badweatherwellness.com. And as always, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. I
2: want to forget My bad days, all my bad days, and be
3: okay, and be okay. Spend my spare change down at the arcade, and then I'll say, I'll say everything sucks.